0: Sir, how are you?
1: I'm doing okay, my friend. How are you?
0: Good. Studio's looking good. Gears functional.
1: Well, we're getting there. Microphone, <laughs> <Spicapode, laughs> I mean, headphones. It's getting there. Yeah, slowly but surely. I'm going one thing but um, one of these days, I'll get a desk and uh, proper sound deadening, uh, and I'll be, I'll be, you know, halfway there.
0: Um, it's good. It's looking good. Uh, we got a lot to go over. We want to welcome Alistair Weaver from Edmonds.com back to the show. Just came back from New York Auto Show and a bunch of other things since the last time we spoke. Uh how are you, Alistair?
2: I'm good. Thanks, Matt. Nice to be uh nice to be joining you, gentlemen, again. Uh how was how was New York? New York was fun. You know, I need to go to New York once a year just for a sort of injection of uh injection <laughs> of life. But yeah. uh it, it was a year. it's a year since I'd been. Uh last time I was actually there for the auto show and then you really got the feeling that it was like the end of pandemic and New York had suffered a bit. But actually this time it felt like it was buzzing. It was, uh, no, it's fun to hang out there for a few days, but I guess you're asking about the cars. Well, a
0: a little bit of New York as well, but how's the, uh, the landscape of New York auto show? I I I'm seeing a lot of press coming out of New York auto show more than I thought. So is because in the previous years, I know with pandemic and stuff, but it looked like New York auto show was I don't know, maybe not getting quite as much attention. I thought some of the manufacturers were not showing up, Um, but I don't know if it was just uh, uh, full or just the few cars that were debuted uh, got a lot of attention.
2: Yeah, I think it was, I think it's a bit of both. Um, Certainly compared to Detroit last year, that was super depressing. New York (laughs) did feel like a bit of a renaissance um most of your mainstream brands were there the luxury brands still didn't didn't turn up but hyundai genesis kia they went big uh you also had the the new ram uh ev truck which we which we can talk about the uh the ram rev and then um yeah it had a good feel there was media there there was the the show was pretty full there was a sort of sense of buzz about it that's been missing from you know, from last year's New York Auto Show, particularly from Detroit, a little bit more towards what new, what LA was. And, you know, I think people are still trying to work out whether auto shows are a good thing or a bad thing. But you know, Nissan were there, Chevy, Ford, most of your big players. Um a few little weird things. Like I, I went to see the new Lamborghini um and I sat down with their CEO and they were literally half a mile from the show in like a private bunker. They had this little secret headquarters in, in Manhattan yet the only cars at the show were dealer cars so it's kind of like a little bit of me saying well you know the 16 year old me wants to go to an auto show to to see the new lamborghini close up and i'm you know i'm potentially the customer of the future so there was a bit still a bit of kind of like you know weird thinking going on but definitely worth going and you know i, I hope it does well as you know i'm a bit of a fan of these things
0: yeah so you mentioned the ram 1500 uh, rev we we talked a little bit about this at one point. The concept vehicle that I believe was at CES was very cool looking, kind of over the top, um, with its whole like pass through going, you know, from front to back, uh, you know, with storage. And then the production version, I guess, announced uh, maybe after Super Bowl or around Super Bowl, and it just looked like a Ram 1500 with with a. With batteries, you know, like yeah, like a facelift, a little bit of a facelift, new headlights. Um, but now at New York Auto Show, you're getting some more specs on it. And I don't know if these are just sort of wishful thinking specs or is this realistic, but some of the things that came up were 500 mile range, uh, 14,000 pound towing capacity, and 2,700 pound payload capacity. Now, the caveat being, maybe similar to the Ford Lightning. If you're going to tow, your range is probably about half. If you're going to tow, uh, you know, a few thousand pounds, you're obviously going to cut into that range a bit, but um
1: what yeah, of you numbers you mentioned don't go to get. That, that's where that
0: Yeah, right, right. I mean, the horsepower and torque, 14,000 pounds towing capacity, sure, for 120 miles, not 500 miles. Uh but I, I don't know, like if you got a chance to get up and see it in person, um, what do you what do you think?
1: Or how promising is
2: it? Yeah, I think it's kind of what you said. We saw the concept, it looks so, I don't know why they did that actually, because he created a level of expectation that they were never really going to fulfill. It does look like a slightly cooler version of a of traditional your traditional round 1500, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Inside, it's a bit of a fusion of like upmarket, Uh, traditional RAM queues, but then you've also got some neat little gadgets like you've got an extra screen that you can specify in front of the passenger, things like that. The specs were the big takeaway. And, you know, there's some really big numbers here. The bigger battery pack is 229 kilowatts. Now, to put that into context, I want to say a Model 3 has got around 70 kilowatts. You know, something, some, you know, a, a, a typical thing like a like a Rivian's up at the 130 this is more than the Hummer that is a massive battery pack which means not only massive money as well it's going to be well on, it's going to be north of a 100 grand uh, we reckon but it's also going to be so heavy yeah. you know you, you can have range you if you have the battery pack um and even the standard battery pack is like 168 kilowatt. so so kilowatt hours so even the standard one's big and then it's like okay we're just going to win the spec race by fitting this enormous battery which you'll have to pay for and have to lug around the whole time how does it and compare
1: then, with the, with the weight of the uh, of the hummer because that's the only thing battery wise if i'm not mistaken that yeah. comes in weight wise
2: i didn't have we haven't got weight figures off ram but just that battery pack you know i was talking <laughs> to um i did an interview with nissan's head of evs and we were talking about it a little bit i was like dude, this is like this is a big thing and we reckoned it's going to be eight to 9,000 pounds Yeah, <laughs> has to be has to be just to oh just God. to look around all that battery but so but
1: the and hummer, then you got
2: like yeah the I hummer's say, like the hummer was
1: how how much did the hummer come in weight wide
0: uh it's 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 something like 9,000 pounds but similar size battery they have a it's a 212.7 kilowatt battery i believe so you're going to have to come into similar specs, you know, weight and whatnot, because just like you said, the battery alone is massive.
2: We're getting pretty close to like the thousand-pound, hundred grand truck. <laughs> I think we're at the hundred grand truck already with this. Yeah,
1: like, that's a it's, very it's, it's a realistic
2: way of putting. I, I yeah, think and then my, you've got like. Sorry, I, go, on, Matt.
0: I said I think my Ford Lightning has a hundred and thirty or hundred and thirty-one kilowatt battery, so getting. Jumping to, I don't know, two. What'd you say? Two hundred ten. Two two hundred nine. Two
2: twenty nine.
0: Two twenty nine. All right. So almost a hundred kilowatt more. I mean, it's it's almost twice the battery. Which I don't I don't know where you put it. Maybe it's stacked thicker. Maybe they figured out a way to, you know, go from a this battery to this super tall battery.
2: I don't. Know. I mean, their big their big messaging was, we're not first to the game. But we're going to be better. So it's like we've looked at what Ford's done with the Lightning. We've looked at the specs of Silverado EV. So we just said, like, how do we go bigger? And and that's their that's their pitch. But the other thing is charging this thing. I mean, as you know from your Lightning, Matt. You know, if you're a, even got a like a level two home system, which is what most of us have now. You, you know, you, you're not You're adding what's about seven seven or eight kilowatt hours per per hour. So even if you charge this thing overnight, you've got nowhere—you're nowhere close to to topping it up. So the whole infrastructure takes like another another leap. And if you're going to stop at a, even a, a reasonably fast charger and try and charge 220 kilowatt hours, like you're going to be—you know—you might as well get a hotel room even on a fast charger. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it, so it, it's interesting because the specs are impressive, but they're doing it with just throwing massive battery at it. So you're right. So the weight of the vehicle the charge time of the vehicle it's not that it's an efficient vehicle by by any means uh you know it's not like they're coming to the table with some some new advancements in battery technology where they're saying hey you know for for the same size batteries of Ford Lightning we can get you more range and that's not what's happening here now, is better if you're going to do it i guess do it on a full size pickup truck or something like the Hummer or whatever. Like uh doing it in something sportier is it doesn't doesn't necessarily make sense. Actually, a good example of this is uh I just watched on on Edvins.com the uh uh the drag race that you guys did between the lucid and the Corvette Z06, and the Lucid being so incredibly fast in a straight line but by the time you guys had to go do the u-turn and come back the other way the Z06 was kicking its ass basically because all that weight and all that mass and i i assume you know a, a fairly average all-season tire makes all the difference in the world so this this the ram 1500 uh i like that the range is there i'm sure it's going to be pretty quick zero to 60 but if you need to throw that weight around a corner or something or or i guess we'll know more with with as you guys test the hum the hummer as well you got to stop right you have to stop so between brakes and tires what kind of wear and tear is there but anyway
2: and as we talked about it before like if you're in your, you know, you're in your family Rav Four, you don't want to get hit by a nine thousand pound truck. <laughs> no, no, the,
1: the well, RAV4 nine thousand e- pound battery.
2: Yeah, it oh. would just the the Rav Four
0: would explode. It would it would just it would be nuts. Um, anyway, it's it's interesting to see. I I don't know where we go with with that technology. Like I remember talking to a Ford engineer a while back, and he's like, you know, we they released the Mustang Mach-E and and they said well you know with some software updates we can try to make things a little bit more efficient maybe get you a little bit more range but the next version of that vehicle they think they can get more range simply because they did they kind of overkilled on the the development they said just the amount of cooling capacity for the batteries Uh, The length of wiring harnesses and size of cable and just all those little things add up to weight. And they said, if we, we cut some of that down and still meet all of the benchmarks that that vehicle needs to meet, then that's one way to increase the range as well by just making the vehicle lighter, more aerodynamic, more efficient.
2: Yeah. And, and the next thing that's coming at some point is solid state batteries, but that's still a way off. And that's probably going to be like a trickle down of expensive technology. And, you know, we're still a few ways, years away from that. The one thing the Ram has got, which the lightning hasn't is, is the fast charging 800 volt architecture. So at least you've got that in its favor. If you Um, could find a charger. If you can find a 350 (laughs) charger, that's a working and be available and hasn't got like a Nissan Leaf plugged into it while somebody has gone shopping. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a cool thing. I like the way the interior is fantastic. The interior is like,
0: yeah, it's the nice. Ram's
2: got a great interior to start with, and now it's got even more at market. But again, at a price. At a price. You know,
0: Fisker should be having their SUV, their little SUV come out pretty soon, and they're claiming a pretty substantial range on that vehicle, and it's not very big. Uh, I haven't dug into it too much, but maybe it's something... To, to look at in the future if you don't already know, but I, I don't know if they're doing anything different with battery technology to make that happen or if they're, or I don't know, make like maybe the entire body of the car is plastic and it's lighter weight. I, I'm not sure what's going on with that vehicle. I mean, it's cool looking. I just don't know much about it. And since I don't think anybody's really driven it yet, uh, maybe other than like a prototype they had out here for, for photos. Uh, you know, I saw I it look in it. Monterey, like I walked past it and saw it in Monterey and I get it was, you Know the fit and finish wasn't there and all that because the prototype is the hand built version of it, but you know, but I think they said something like 400 mile range.
2: Yeah, I think again, it's like depending on how big your battery. I'm not aware that anything particularly clever that thing's built by Magnus Steyr in Austria, who make things like the GLB and things like that. So I don't think there's anything super clever about it, it's certainly not at the price point. Um, I have a kind of like I think it's going to be quite a nice thing. Um so, but it'd be interesting. We got one on order. So, but you know, we're not, we're not, still not clear on on when we're actually going to see it. Right. I, I mean, like I said, I, I think it looks kind of
0: interesting, and I think there's a good market for it. Um, and unfortunately for Fisker, is so many of the other car companies producing electric vehicles have had to change their story that that's affecting Fisker. So when Fisker goes oh, hey, we've got this uh, great little SUV. It'll get 400 miles of range. It'll cost $40,000 and it'll be available everywhere. We go, yeah, yeah, that's great. But we've heard that nine times from every other car company and nobody's ever done it. And every time I fire up my computer, I get a press release going, the price of so-and-so SUV has increased, you know, or, or, you know, EV has increased. I was like, or the range isn't really happening what they promised, you know? I was like, so- I'm not blaming Fisker. Fisker hasn't even launched the car yet, but already they're sort of getting, you know, the worst of everybody else's press by going, yeah, sure. We'll see it. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Uh, All right. So what's, what's next? So you, uh, LA auto show, you mentioned Genesis. Um, I noticed this Genesis SUV uh, coupe, I guess, um, taking a page out of Audi and, mercedes and bmw and coming over that's a sharp looking vehicle
2: yeah it's very orange um but it's i went very to orange the, <laughs> yeah i went to the unveil of that on the monday night um genesis has got this quite cool we call it genesis house down on the hudson uh which is all about kind of career and lifestyle I everything mean, else it's really really sort of smart place it's yeah you're right matt it's kind of a bmw x6 mercedes GLE coupe that kind of thing so it's based on the GV80, uh, but it's got kind of slightly sharper aesthetics and it's it's a little bit more sporting. Uh, it's not really a concept at all in that it's definitely heading for production. And it had a few little things like it had four, like, you know, sort of racing seats in it and stuff like that, which and a roll cage, which will go. I really like the look of it. Um, Genesis can't really do much wrong at the moment. Uh, they're trying to, you know, expand the brand a little bit, make it a little bit to add a bit of sport to the to the luxury. But they're um, they're really on a roll, and I thought it I thought it was a night I thought it was a sensible price point. Um, And away, yeah, Sorry, I'm just having a problem with my microphone. But can you guys still hear me?
0: I hear you, but uh, now it sounds like uh, maybe you're unplugged and you're going through your computer. Wonderful.
1: So malfunction and it's not the car cast. Yeah. Bill
0: sounds
2: amazing now.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Alistair.
2: I knew you did that just. Let's We're see. Back. Are you back? Am I back? But am I sounding good? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it sounds fine. That'll work. There we go. We're back. Yeah so, so no, the Genesis uh, was nice as I was saying. Yeah, I thought that was a nice I thought that was a good thing. I love the first time I'd seen the um EV, uh, Ionic 6 as well in real life. Okay. That's a really cool. That's that sort of Model 3 rival but looks looks like a bit like an old Mercedes CLS but he's them trying to do something that's quite futuristic and super aerodynamic and I think it looks really cool. Um, what was the what was the coolest
1: thing you took away from the Show? um anything uh, catch you off I, guard that you weren't expecting
2: it i enjoyed I, I, as they I say lamborghini were up the the up the road um and i think they were taking the opportunity that there was a media in town to to do something and i had a good look at the uh is it Robilto? it's it's uh, supposed to be pronounced in spanish uh which is uh which is the new v12 car, and I sat down with their, their CEO, and that when I saw the pictures of that, it looked a little bit like it was a kind of mishmash of a little bit of Mercilago here, a little bit of Aventador, a little bit of Contag and all the rest of it. But actually, in real life, it looks it looks great. And it's the first Lamborghini that somebody who's over six foot can actually get comfortable in. I think you might be able to try this one, Bill. Oh, Christ. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, there's good and bad in that.
2: Yeah, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but it's got, like, it's another one of, like, 1,000 horsepower, because it's got 800 and 800 and something from the v12 plus three electric motors so it's got over a thousand horsepower and this is like the normal version no doubt there'll be a lightweight you know one built on top of this and i said like, yeah it's like a thousand horsepower and this is like your starting point so it's all it's all getting a bit silly but there there's some really interesting like lamborghini is going to do a an ev uh, in 2028 and their first one is going to be like a GT car, if you remember like they had the Espada and stuff back in the 60s, mm-hmm. so this is going to be a 2 plus 2 GT car uh, and that's going to be their first EV in 28 then in 29 there's going to be an electric version of the Urus, uh, which will be the next generation Urus, and then only when you get into the 2030s are they going to consider doing uh, sort of EV versions of their supercars so they're going to keep going with the V12, which I thought was quite cool. So you get awesome. 800 horsepower V12, and then three electric motors.
0: They're, the Lamborghini, the the two plus two that you're talking about. Do you think it's going to be a two door or it's going to be a four door like the Aston Martin Rapide?
2: No, it's it's a definite two door. Um, Stefan Winkelmann's the CEO. He used to run Bugatti as well. He's been he's been there forever, or on and off forever. Um, no, he was pretty clear. It's a it's a two door. It's a two plus two. So similar in concept to like a Ferrari Roma, um, although they hate comparing themselves to Ferrari. But it's going to be more expensive than a Euros. so it's probably okay. going to be today's money three hundred grand plus. Um, so kind of super exclusive, but more of a daily driver than a than one of you know than a hurricane is, for example. So you'll kind of have in the lineup. You'll start with the Urus SUV. And that will have gas, hybrid, and EV eventually. Then you'll have this two plus two as like a fourth model lineup. Then you'll have the replacement for the Hurricane, which will be probably hybrid. Well, she will be hybrid. And then you'll have the new, you know, the V12 supercar, which will be which is obviously hybrid, and you know, we're driving it later this year.
1: To me, that sounds like an exciting future.
2: Do we do we know? First of all,
0: I'm I'm because we've talked about electrification for the use of performance and. The, the supercar with the 12-cylinder engine at 800 horsepower plus <laughs> combined with electric motors and making it all-wheel drive, that sounds like so much fun to me. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's my I asked that you know, I mean,
0: to be able to hear – because first of all, the Lamborghini 12-cylinder is a fantastic-sounding engine already. I mean, you can just hear that thing from a mile away, but you you hear it's a 12-cylinder. It's so good. I mean, their 10 is good but the 12 is just so good and driving the Aventador is just a a fantastic uh, oral experience, experience, you know, Uh, um, but combining it with, and and kind of making it the the super version of the Acura NSX, right? Like uh, something along the lines of that um, is, is interesting. Now, if you, if it works and they take that sort of mentality, and like you said, apply it to a, an Urus hybrid that that makes the SUV pretty pretty interesting as well. But already the SUV sounds pretty good even with the eight cylinder. But it's not like the twelve. So um, uh, super interesting, I think, on that on that car, that new twelve cylinder, and it's a completely new gas engine. It's not yeah. a carryover, from what I understand.
2: Uh, and the Urus, you're right. The Urus is kind of propping Lamborghini is going to do ten thousand cars this year, probably for the first time ever. And you know, nearly half of that is Euro, so that's kind of that's yeah. their sort of bedrock now. But they're determined that they've got to do these things properly. Yeah, there's going to you know, be a
0: bit of a learning curve. So you know, like I I don't know where Lamborghini stands with electrification. Maybe they're talking to you know Audi and VW Group and whatever to make that happen. But um, Ferrari with the La Ferrari, um, that car I understand has some issues. Uh, in McLaren P1. Um, talking to a, talking to Aaron Hagar, his dad's LaFerrari. I, I think that car went in for warranty work or whatever, and had the battery replaced maybe twice on that thing. There was something with the charging on it, and it fries the battery, and it doesn't really work well. And uh, a cool car when it works, but there was an issue with that. And and Bill, I don't know if your your brother has a LaFerrari. I know he's a Ferrari fanatic, but. Um I just yeah, I I he had some cool cars, but I don't think La Ferrari was, was was one of them. But there were some issues there. Um and now we're getting into the next steps as far as electrification. Like how many years were in between the McLaren P one and the new McLaren Artura right? Which is their hybrid with some
2: electrification. So hopefully they learned something. Yeah, Yeah. we had one in the office a couple of weeks ago, alongside a Maserati MC Twenty. That's a hell of a looking, that's a hell of a great looking car. But actually, both those cars
0: are very pretty. We saw at um uh, at the Velocity Invitational uh, event up at Laguna Seca. It was all pretty much sponsored by McLaren, so they had a handful of those cars around at the track. But yeah, that Maserati is gorgeous.
2: Yeah, and I, I was talking; they were talking about like, do we do they want to do another? hypercar you know like a la Ferrari p1 and kind of saying that it's actually quite a hard to make a business case for it they'll do one-offs you know those like you know like sort of like versions of for super mm-hmm. rich collectors but actually to start engineering a, a genuine hypercar like a p1 or a la Ferrari is it's hard to make a business case today right mercedes is still
0: finishing up their the i don't know the mercedes one or something yeah, it's basically MG. like an f1 car with with a roof and seats and headlights.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the Valkyries are sort of just starting to to hit the road. And yeah, yeah it, it's, it's kind of fun that these things exist, but I don't, I don't know why, but I don't get as excited about them as I once did.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's kind of interesting. The Mercedes was announced so long ago that by the time that car gets delivered, I don't even know if there's real fanfare with it. I'm sure to the person buying it. Yeah. But to the rest of us, we're like, isn't that the concept car from six years ago? It's like, I thought <laughs> exactly. we already did that. I like we just didn't get enough information or updates. Like they couldn't just keep pushing it. And again, that's the problem with making these announcements and 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 not getting the car out within, you know, 24 months. So if you're talking four, five, six years, it's like, I, I thought the car came out. Is it is it six-year-old technology? Like, where are we with that thing? You don't really no um but with lamborghini's case you know ferrari's got the pure Songway their suv with a 12 yeah. cylinder um i don't know if it will always be a 12 cylinder but it's a 12 cylinder now and i'm sure there's going to be some sort of hybrid version or or whatever on that um and what was interesting is is when i was talking to aaron hagar his his dad was invited as a Ferrari collector, as a Ferrari owner. His dad was invited to get on the list to purchase one. And he turned it down because he's like, I don't know, it's not a Ferrari. And then more information came out about it. And he's like, Well, what are you what are you driving like daily around town? And uh and he goes, So Aaron's like, maybe you should look at the Ferrari. And anyway, long story short, uh he ordered he ordered it and He's going to give it a try. He's got the Songway on order. I think it's the like Grigio gray with the Bordeaux like red interior and the 12 cylinder. And, and, uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, but it'll be interesting to kind of really see and, and drive in person. I'm going to have to try to schedule a little visit over to Sammy
2: or house <laughs> down in
0: Newport. Area. Hey, Sammy, I just want to see you. Yeah. Hey, Sammy, yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. I just thought maybe I'd come by and go for a spin. New <laughs> Ferrari SUV. <laughs> well, we the cat's out of the bag now.
1: So yeah, right. You gotta come
0: Okay, so uh, another thing I, I wanted to bring up was uh, BMW XM. I'm starting to lose track of the BMWs and what's electric and what's not electric and what's hybrid and what's going on. But uh, BMW XM and then BMW XM label red. I think
2: yes, cuz presumably because red label is Bentley Bentley has red label.
0: So they literally had to go label red
2: instead of Yeah, red I think label. that's I'm almost certain that's why. I don't think they admit it, but that's probably why.
0: Yeah, I mean they could have just I don't know, maybe come up with something a little different, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so you know. we did a we did a fully tested video that you might have seen on on on, on YouTube about this. Um if you don't check it out, Edmund's Cars YouTube channel. But it, you know, people say to you, like, is there like a bad car today? And it was, no, 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 not really. Honestly, the XM is as close <laughs> as I can think of to a really genuinely sort of bad car. It's <laughs> It's the weirdest thing in the world because this is like the first M car since the M1 of what 1978. So expectations are instantly high. It's not. It's trying to be this sort of, you know, you cut price euros or something. It's a, it's, it's a special thing. So we were really excited about it to the point where one of the guys on the team drove it from the launch event in Arizona all the way back to our test track in LA because we were like, we've got to run the numbers. It's going to be incredible, et cetera, et cetera. And it really just wasn't. Um, it's unbelievable. So it's a plug-in hybrid with a big battery. It is unbelievably heavy uh how, how much do you think this thing weighs it's a five-seater family suv that's a bit bigger than so it's sort of like between an x5 and an x7 so how, how much do you think it weighs
0: i mean because so, you're saying it's heavy of uh, seven thousand pounds
2: uh, a bit bit much like six thousand one hundred. but that so it weighs yeah. more than a raptor r v8 raptor r it yeah. weighs more than that and then it has, it's just a weird mix. So the ride quality is really stiff, like unacceptably stiff. And in the front, you've got those like big M chairs that you get from the M5 and everything else. So it feels like really sporty. And then in the back, you've got this bench seat, this like squidgy bench seat, which makes it feel like you're in a Rolls Royce. So we did a little skit with me sitting in the back and being thrown around the test track. But it's like nobody's quite sure what this thing's trying to be. It's like they've got a committee to design it and everybody's had an argument and it's it's not as fast as an X5M and it's not as grippy as an X5M but it's a load more expensive it's like 30 40 grand more and then you've got like a smaller trunk and there's just it's just strange and that's before we even talk about how it looks which you know is should we say polarizing although we can't find many people actually like it so this is just this is just something that people are going to buy because they like its looks and they want to make a really big statement so I think they're gonna sell a bunch in china they're gonna sell a bunch probably in miami, maybe parts of l a and that's probably a lot it's It's a really strange car
0: this is this is one of those dilemmas for for b m w like we're, you said the look is polarizing, and we're kind of been seeing that from b m w but oftentimes we can accept that. Because the vehicle is so good. You talk about like BMW M3, M4 and go, you know, this is such a good car that you can kind of start to get over, you know, whatever the grill or something that's going on on of some of the elements you don't like. BMW M2, that's a weird looking little car. And uh, I think it's probably very good, but also very weird looking. But now you're saying um, it rides like shit. And <laughs> weird looking, and, it sucks. and, and, and it's and it's and it's weird looking. So oh, and it's expensive, and, and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So the proposition on this is 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 diminishing by the, <laughs> by the second.
1: <laughs> and it weighs seven million pounds. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you just know, hundred seventy grams. Was there any redeeming quality you could take from whatsoever? Was it was it uh,
2: um I, I mean it like it handles well for something that weighs so much <laughs> and an SUV. you know it's like on the track it felt you know they've got lots of you know automatic ride contra uh, you know like stabilization all sorts of stuff going on so that bit's good i mean it's still fast because it's got loads of power but no honestly like you get in just like and i think also i, I get the impression that it's just it's just a bit sad that it's an m car that you know there's this i grew up like loving the m3s and the 80s and stuff and then you get you know that that this is their first proper m car since the 70s and it's a really mediocre suv that's not very sporting
0: so it's the 4.4 liter v8 combined with electric motors and you said a pretty big battery but we don't know
2: what the effect is on that battery can it he can do 34 i think it's like we tested it i think at the top of my head i think we did 34 miles of electric range so it's that that to me is not
0: impressive like that's not a thing like how come we're not getting into that 50 60 mile range
2: and and to achieve that they've got a big battery pack so my i plugged it in at home and my charger is set up for the tesla and it said oh you've just added 70 miles and i looked at it i went No, I've added 30 miles because this thing is half as efficient as my Tesla.
0: Yeah, that's actually, that's an interesting point. Okay, so BMW comes out with the XM. It looks goofy. It rides stiff and it's tough to find an audience and it's more expensive. So then BMW said, let's make a label red version of this. That's (laughs) even more extreme on all of those issues, even more expensive, (laughs) even less efficient. And just and as goofy li- looking, I guess.
1: Is I that think what... it's
2: more goofy looking because it's now got red piping everywhere. Yeah, it looks like, like a he's... children's birthday cake. <laughs> oh,
1: this is not a glaring ad for BMW. Um,
0: it's, just, it's just an interesting... I Listen, I like BMW. I'm a fan of BMW. I just don't know what they've been doing the past few years. I just don't
2: it's like we have an yeah. ix on our fleet and the ix is a fantastic car it really is it's, now that's the
0: all-electric electric one
2: right that's the all-electric one and honestly i think that's like one of the best evs out there at the moment and and that's not just my opinion but that's it we all love it it's just the looks are challenging and if it we loved it. My, my wife had an i3 before we got the the tesla and we love that car I and mean, we say so if we could just scale this thing up you know, we would we right yeah. in a heartbeat, and that's kind of what the IX is, but it's a bit expensive. It's 70, 80 grand, but that's just a really good thing in a slightly odd looking frog. Basically, well, listen, uh, BMW's website says the IX fifty starts at
0: eighty seven thousand, and the IX sixty starts at one hundred and eleven thousand and change. Eighty
2: seven now, Jeez. yeah.
0: So eighty seven thousand one hundred versus one hundred and eleven thousand five hundred. And the ranges for the two battery styles are 307 miles and then 293 for the iXM60. And I was going to ask, you know, why isn't this getting more attention? I guess maybe the looks are doing it. But for some reason, all of the EV talk that we, we get, you know, it's Tesla. Some of the American cars, Genesis, you know, a Hyundai is getting attention. How do we still keep missing like Acura, I'm sorry, not Acura, Audi and BMW in the conversation?
2: Yeah. And Mercedes even like, you know, they have, they, I noticed they're doing a lot of advertising around the EQS. They've got the EQE. We have an EQE sedan in at the moment. There's an EQ, we just driven the EQE SUV. So Everybody's coming with this stuff, but yeah, I, I think you're right because also BMW with the i3 had a real lead in this stuff. Everybody thought it was cool, and they had the i8 hybrid. Yeah, and and people, I, I'd be interesting to see where we are sitting like two or three years time because EVs are going to become normal place, so people would just revert to buying BMW, Mercedes, Porsche is going to have a Macan EV, and you know things just settle down and we're back to where we started from. But I don't know, Tesla's not going anywhere. Um I mean look compared to the BMW the Audi Q8
0: e-tron is a pretty sharp looking SUV and the sportback version you know that kind of that coupe version that's a cool looking uh, SUV and it's not as fast as the BMW but it's certainly less expensive I want to say the uh the e-tron sportback is 77,800 and then uh 74,400 for the for the normal SUV version and I don't know. I think the Sportback is 300 miles range and maybe it's a little slower than the BMW, but I I don't know. I I just feel like why isn't this thing getting more attention for you know, fully loaded, you can get the Q8 e-tron Sportback for 100 grand. I mean, my truck cost, my F150 Lightning cost 100 grand and, and now I'm really kind of looking at this thing going, "Hey, you know, it's, it's a little cute. more practical, it's gorgeous and and it's it's easier to park
2: like you know yeah they just updated that thing as well they've just yeah done, you know that's 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 the that's the sort of midlife face yeah i mean there's some there's some cool stuff coming the uh the mercs are nice the you know porsche is going to get into the game with a with the mccann later on this year so it's it's all it's all happening um yeah and
0: the the audi uh the i don't know the gt you know, the, the base of the, the Porsche Taycan version of the, of, of the Audi, um, you know, it's like the Taycan it's, you know, zero to 60 in like 3.1 seconds. It has like a 230 something mile range, but it's, I don't know, it's like 30 or $40,000 less money than the Porsche. And I think it's maybe even better looking than the Porsche. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure why we're not really talking about. It. You drove it. Is it? Is it just? Yeah, not there? we were is really disappointed.
2: It... I mean, I don't. I don't like its looks as much as the the Taycan, but that's just subjective. Yeah, we were a bit underwhelmed by it. It's just you kind of think basically this is a Taycan with a different body, but somehow it just doesn't hang together as well. It doesn't drive as well as a Taycan, and it just. Yeah, it just didn't really stack up, and you don't see. I haven't looked at the sales figures, but you just don't instinctively see many about. Like, when even in LA, when was the last time you saw one? It's been a been a while where Taycans are everywhere.
0: Well, there is one in Sammy Hagar's garage. (laughs) His wife drives the Audi. Yeah, it's red. It's gorgeous. It's nice, and she she loves it. But um, but you're right. It seemed like of those two vehicles, Taycan got all the press and all the attention. and And he came
2: first i think as well that was the yeah and then the audi
0: version which is probably more bang for the buck but i guess if it's just not quite there as you're saying driving you know maybe that's maybe that's why but i don't know how the the audi q8 e-tron drives i just drove the q4 e-tron which we'll save for another show but um you know short answer in my opinion and we'll get see what you think but the audi q4 e it it was fine in all aspects it just felt it didn't feel like an audi to me i was just feeling looking for something a little bit more upscale it just looked like a fancier version of the volkswagen id4 like all the door panels everything was plastic in it the dash is plastic mm-hmm. and i was like where's the audi <laughs> you know no and i get it's the entry-level audi if you just want to get into something that says audi it, it's it's nice and i think it looks better than the than the volkswagen id4 but i it didn't feel like a luxury vehicle to me
2: yeah because it is basically a tarted up version of the id4 you're quite right i know but I, it I seems getting... like
0: hey we're you know give it a little bit of like let's throw an alcatara headliner in here let's put some leather on the doors and some soft touch on the dash or some nicer woods and everything was just plastic in there and it's just the whole door panel everything's plastic it just seemed like seemed kind of cheap But I don't know. I guess if it's fifty thousand bucks, then maybe that's that's why they're trying trying to like like Hey, you want to get into an electric car? You want to get into an Audi? You know, for fifty ish thousand bucks, maybe with a bunch of options here at sixty thousand. And they're going, Hey, do you you know do you want to get into a Mustang Mach E for that price range, or do you want to get into the Audi? And you can kind of, I'm sure they're different and they're different driving dynamics, but. Similar price range. You're just going after. You know, do you want Audi or you want Ford?
2: Nah, agree. And I'm also just getting a bit bored of like all the performance talk because I, I've just spent the last two weeks in our Lucid uh long-term test car, and it's actually getting a lot better. We had so many problems with that car, but actually they they've done something like 30 over-the-air updates, and they they software is getting way way better. So I'm starting to enjoy the car for the first time. But you just never, the reality is you just never use the performance. You've got three different modes. I just have it in like the most chilled out mode. You only ever use like 20% in throttle, even in that mode. So all this like craziness, oh, we're going to have a truck that does zero to 60 in four seconds. Like the rev it's like, I don't know. I'm just getting a bit bored of it all because you just don't, the reality is that's not how you use a car. So it's all about these startups trying to create a name for themselves and, you know, make a big fuss. The reality is actually it's bloody miserable driving you know booting an 800 horsepower car with, with people I, I, in it i would
0: be honest with you
2: i think any new car that comes
0: out especially any new ev from a startup company if it came out and the quality was really good that would get all of the press all of the attention and unfortunately it's easier to make the vehicle fast and get attention that way than it is to make the vehicle really good. It's tough to make a good vehicle. If you said, This is the best built vehicle we've seen from a startup automotive manufacturer ever, you know, granted, it's got a few things that need to work out, but if you're like, All around, this thing just seems to work. And and that was it that was the story that would really i think get our attention and you're right fast is fast but there's a lot of things that are
1: fast
2: even uh, even Lamborghini CEO was saying to me like one of the things they've got to get their head around is actually going really fast in an EV is actually not a great experience you know you feel a bit sick it's not a it's not a particularly visceral thing and every EV is fast so what does a Lamborghini EV do and yeah, that's a big problem right. For
0: them. You know, and I, we'll, we'll we'll wrap up in a second, but it it seemed like we've had this discussion. Where we're like, you know what? All cars are pretty good these days. Like things are kind of stepping up. And it used to be, you know, thirty years ago, a car manufacturer would release forty different cars, and if three <laughs> of them were were financial hits, that's enough for the balance sheet. Uh, now you kind of have to make everything pretty successful and I don't know what happened, but it's just like, I just read recall after recall, after recall, and it doesn't matter, uh, the quality of your brand. Um, um I mean, I guess on some level, I just don't see s- still a lot of Lexus recalls. <laughs> they seem, seem to be doing a pretty good job with the quality, but I mean, just you know, Tesla, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia's, just you know, ev- everything out there. Even uh, I don't know Mercedes or whatever. Like everything is just suffering from recalls. Like, what is going on? Are we just rushing to build stuff quickly, or are these car companies really trying to get into new territory with the hybrid systems, electrification, and and they're just missing stuff or cutting corners because by the way, all the recalls are not necessarily all around like battery technology and EV technology. Like maybe they're just investing so much in that to make sure that works, that they're missing the boat on things like wheels and tires and steering wheels and brakes and seatbelts, things that they should know are all getting recalled.
1: I'd say it all contributes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I remember them. It just seems interesting. I think I'd like to see more, especially because, I don't know, the $40,000 car is, is dying and it's a $60,000 car now.
2: Like $60,000 yeah, seems to be the entry point. And that was one thing like the Nissan guy was saying, because I was thinking like, how do you stretch? You know, the Kia EV9, we could maybe talk about another time because that was at the show, but that's going to be 70 grand for like a three row Kia. And then Nissan were basically saying like, when you look at the cost, the average price of a vehicle or what people, you know, if you take the trucks out and everything else, you know, people don't have the wherewithal with interest rates and everything else. You know, people like to spend 30 grand on a car. So it's not like people can, everybody, everybody can turn around and say, oh, now I can spend 60 grand because they just don't have the means. So in essence, like things have got to normalize for EVs and everything else at about 30 grand because we know that's where, that's where the car buying market is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of interesting.
2: Interesting. The Prices for years. are going
0: up. Um, all right. Let's, uh, we'll wrap it up for today. And uh, yeah, lots of good stuff coming from New York Auto Show. It's all going to be up on Edmunds, uh, edmunds.com. So you guys want to check that out. Of course, their YouTube channel as well. Um, Alistair, is there uh, anything else that we're missing? No, I think we're all good. I'm at, at Weaver on Cars. So check me out too. Give them a follow. Let them know what you guys think. Um, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.